Welcome to the Sailorville Podcast. My name is Pat Nimmers. I'm the lead pastor here at Sailorville Church, but I'm joined with one of our other elders, Pastor Kurt DeGraff. Good to have you here, Kurt. Great to be with you today. Kurt, how many years have you been at Sailorville now? I've been eight plus years here. Okay, and you have served as our counseling pastor, but you actually served as a lead pastor in churches in Washington, the state of Washington, that is, uh, in uh, Indiana, and where else? And Kentucky. And Kentucky, all right. And now here for almost nine years, and we have been blessed to have you. Thank you. Uh, I've asked you to join uh, on this particular podcast because we're talking about the subject of marriage, and the sermon that I preached last Sunday was on the mystery of marriage from Ephesians 5. It's, it was a bit of a frustration a little bit because it's such a great passage, so well known, and yet we we had the joy of baptizing people in all three services, and and uh, that tends to eat up a lot of time, and uh, so I really had to be, I was, I was, uh, I was uh, really pressed for time to get through this passage, but super enjoyed it just the same. If I, if I can give you a shout out, you did a great job. This is very necessary. Mm. The classic passage in the New Testament on husband-wife relationships so very, very necessary because the number one thing I counsel in the counseling office is marital discord. Mm. And people need to understand what the scriptures have to say about this very vital subject. And hence the reason you're in this podcast. So thank you. Uh, you know, it, during the sermon, I I tackled some of the background of what women were, were uh, viewed uh, as back in Bible times. I, I made the comment that those who think the Bible subjugates uh, women, they clearly don't know their history uh, as well as their Bibles, because uh, if we understand the history of the time, the Bible really elevates women, does it not? It does. It uh, does a great job of encouraging women. And uh, that's why it's somewhat unfortunate that there's so much pushback against this text in our egalitarian kind of society today. And uh, it's important for us to understand what the scriptures really say. And you yeah. did a good job explaining oh. that. Uh, and you just used a word, which you and I understand uh, is used in uh, you know, theological context. Uh, there's a, we call, there's, we, we would be complementarians, but you use the word egalitarian. Just for the sake of our listeners, what does that mean? What is an egalitarian view of, uh, of, uh, of marriage, etc.? It would basically say there is no distinction whatsoever between male and female. In my estimation, it, it does damage to the whole doctrine of authority and submission in Scripture. It's important for us to understand that all of society is built upon authority and submission, and that finds its basis in the Judeo-Christian ethic in the New Testament as well as Old Testament Scriptures, and we're simply following the tradition of what the Bible lays out for us so there, there is order among equals. Mm -hmm. we, we simply emphasize that from this passage, but we're not saying that male and female are interchangeable. Right. They are complementary to each other rather than equals in every sense of the word. Equals before God, yes, but there's order among equals. Oh, well said, well said. Well, this passage, we highlighted two words in the, in the passage right from the get-go, and the two key words uh, pertaining uh, with specificity to women and specificity to men is that uh, is uh, submit or submission and love. Uh, so the, the women are called to submit 
to their husbands, the wives to their husbands. The husbands are called to love their wives. We also pointed out that that there is mutual submission between a husband and wife, and there ought to be mutual love between a husband and wife, but the the specifics toward each one is you know to the to the wives they're called to submit the husbands are called to love let's let's talk about submission right now because that's a big that's a big deal especially as you mentioned this that it really meets with a ton of resistance our human nature doesn't like to submit uh but it's a you've just alluded it's a good word it's a word that means to place under uh, we talked about the voice. The middle voice means it's a willing submission. It's not a. It's not coerced. It's not. Uh, there isn't. It isn't resistant. Um, and uh, and wives are to submit to their husbands as unto the Lord in everything. Um, would you just talk a little bit about that? Uh, what you you say that there are struggles. A lot of the a lot of the counseling you do you deal with have to do with marital issues. Where does submission fall within those struggles? Let me preface this by acknowledging verse 21 of our text in Ephesians 5, that we are to submit to one another in the fear of God. Mm. That is a basic principle. Men are supposed to submit to God's directives to males, which means they're supposed to love their wife as Christ loved the church. And I, I maintain that if a man, a husband really loves his wife, She's going to naturally want to submit to him because he's a gracious servant leader, really after the order of Jesus Christ. Right. I mean, Christ himself submitted to the Father. <laughs> he's co-equal, co-eternal, co-substantial with God the Father and God the Son. First uh, Corinthians eleven three says that the head of Christ is God, and the head of the man or the husband is Christ, and the head of the wife is the man. There, yeah. There's order among equals. And so we, we, we follow his directive in that particular regard. So submission is not a dirty word, although in our society, it is really looked down upon in many quarters, including, in all honesty, a lot of evangelical churches. Yes. Yeah. We, in my estimation, preach a balanced message here in our church, a biblical message. And so we're not scared of that word submission. I'll just read you an excerpt that I shared with... Uh, our women for the women's podcast recently who were talking about this. Yeah, please do. Uh, I, I suggested to them, submission is not without controversy in the evangelical church of 2022, especially with the egalitarian tidal wave sweeping into contemporary theological thinking. But those who hold to this unbiblical notion interpret the scriptures through the lens of culture, not a literal hermeneutic of the word itself. The Bible does teach the wife to submit to her own husband in the Lord as defined within the context of the passage mentioned previously. Among the fears of the egalitarians regarding the literal interpretation of submission is the empowerment of abuse. But that fear finds support only in the erection of a straw man argument. If a husband loves his wife as Christ loves the church, he will lay down his life for her, mm. not take advantage of her. Yeah, that's a well. That's a great statement. Very, very well balanced, and really, that's what this passage we were looking at is all about. It's talking about the the godly woman and the godly man. The godly woman is going to willingly submit, and 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 in no small part because her godly man is is uh, is passionately loving her, and I don't just mean sensually so, but in every way loving his wife, as uh, we talked about in some of those. I really, really appreciate 
uh, what, how you stated that. I mentioned uh, with a little tongue-in-cheek uh, in the message uh, that uh, all of us have to submit. And if, remember I said, when you leave here, you're going to be submitting within a few moments because you're going to come up on a traffic light that's <laughs> going right. to go red, and you will submit there. You know, and you're I had right. some fun with that saying, you know, you don't have to submit, but <laughs> then you're going to get some other lights coming after you, and I kind of kept that going. Really a little fun aside, uh, one of our staff uh, members' wife uh, left the church after one of the services and sent her husband, who was working here at the church, a picture of the traffic light that she was <laughs> at. She goes, this is me submitting. <laughs> oh, it was just, I, I enjoyed the fun that they could have with that. So, um, you know, we do recognize uh, that there is abuse. We don't turn a blind eye to abuse. Uh, uh, Pastor Kurt, what would you say to uh, a woman that is a wife that's listened to this message, understands her role as a submissive wife, but has a, a genuinely abusive husband? He's, 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 he's physically hurting her. He's physically threatening her. Uh, uh, would we say, go ahead and submit anyway, because that's what God wants you to do. What would we say to that? What would you say to that woman, Pastor Kurt? I suggested this for the women in the the women's podcast. Um, I, I stated these words. I understand that some so-called men still do abuse their wives and have done so even in our own church. That is sin, mm. and it will find no excuse or cover in our elder leadership. We urge women who believe their husbands to be guilty of abuse, physical, sexual, or verbal, emotional, to bring this accusation to the attention of our elders through the vehicle of our biblical counseling ministry. We will take their concerns seriously and address them forthrightly. If a woman believes herself to be in immediate danger, our ministry has already designated a safe house to which the woman and her children can flee mm. with full protection and secrecy. Women who are abused often have experienced gaslighting by their abuser and may actually believe themselves to be responsible for mm -hmm. their spouse's abuse. They may hear him misuse Ephesians 5 and the admonition to submit no matter what, as if it's from the voice of God. But God defends the helpless, instructs his people through application via local church leadership to be his hands and feet in protecting the defenseless, Psalm 82, 3 and 4. We will do just that. Amen. Very well stated. And we would so we would say to that, that woman, look for help. Go to your elders. If not our church, some other church, go to your pastor, uh, get the help you need. Uh, and, uh, and, and, uh, Lord willing, you'll get the, the help if it's a Bible believing church. It may be necessary to separate for a time if the mm -hmm. abuse is severe, mm -hmm. but we work at trying to reconcile relationships. That's our effort here yep. in our counseling ministry to bring them back but we're going to protect you in the meantime as we endeavor to do that according to the will of God. So the passage goes on to say, husbands, the lengthier part, the nine verses given over to the husbands, I yeah. said only three for the ladies and the rest of it is for the more thick-headed ones here. Uh, and we we just made it simple. We said they, the husband's love for his wife needs to be sacrificial. It needs to be sanctifying. And then we said it needs to be, to put it differently, it needs to be in a way that he would naturally love himself, just as the text basically says, Paul says that. So let's go back to sacrificial. And he says, husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Um, 
So we talked about the three kinds of love. Would you would you agree that all those loves are 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 needed and necessary within a marriage? Yes, without a doubt, they are. Okay. Uh, we talked about the eros love, which is the sensual love, the philos love or phileo love, which is the reciprocal love, which is the friendly cut that you know a marriage needs that the you know, the, the wheels need to be greased, so to speak, and that's where phileo love comes in, and then there is the Agape love, which the word everybody knows about, but hardly anybody tends to live it, which is the unconditional kind of love, which is what a man is called to in this passage. Um, I would like to ask you, uh, Kurt, have, have you had men in your office that have come to you and said, I, I do love my wife, uh, but she doesn't respond to me. Uh, our marriage is hard. Uh, I'm having a hard time loving her as Christ loved the church. How do you, how do you instruct those men who come to you that are struggling with, in that regard? We're a gospel centered church and we're gospel centered in our counseling. And really the key to understanding Ephesians five is the gospel. Mm. You stated it in your message on Sunday that God had the gospel in mind when he created marriage as an illustration yes. <laughs> of Christ's love for the church. And I remind you, as Paul says in this text, the husband is to lay down his life for his wife. And frankly, to quote the Apostle Paul, we, we have to die daily. And there's a lot of times when we want to defend ourselves to the hilt and we're not willing to die. But if we provide that Christ-like kind of love that humbles ourselves... Uh, that, that is, that is the one means that God can use to break through to our wife. But if we try to fight fire with fire, mm. no, you're wrong. No, you need to be, you need to submit woman. That doesn't play well. You don't demand submission. You earn the privilege of demonstrating Christ-like love, which then draws your wife to you. Mm. Yeah, when you said, I love that. Now, again, the word is agape, which we often and rightly say is defined as unconditional, non-conditional love, which without condition. So that's kind of what you're saying. I mean, if I'm yeah. not getting the response, I'm still required, just as Jesus didn't feel like dying for us. Exactly. But he, he out of his great love for us, did so. That is what we need to do as we die daily and love our wives. That's gospel agape kind of love. Mm. Okay, very good, very good. The uh, the last the last part of it, of course, was just I, I thought it was very uh, <clears throat> again led by God by the God the Holy Spirit for the Apostle Paul to say in the middle of this discussion of husbands loving their wives he. He uses an illustration. He says, "In the same way, husbands should love their wives as their own bodies." And I would have to, I'd have to say, if I had not read that before, that would be like a, that'd be like a left hook coming to me. What? You know, and then he, he keeps going. He loves his wife, loves himself. And no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it just as Christ does the church because we are members of, of one body. So I thought it was interesting that the apostle Paul went for the natural. You naturally love yourself. I made the comment in the message, if if we men would love our wives half as much as we loved ourselves, they'd be a lot more content, a lot more secure, and a lot more happy, happier. Do you agree with that? I, I do. In 1 Peter 3, husbands 
commanded to live with his wife in an understanding kind of way. Mm. It ought to be our lifelong goal to figure out how God has put our wife together. Mm. I, I think we need to understand in, in a sense the love language of our wife. Oftentimes that may be service, acts of service, of kindness. Uh, it may be, love may be spelled T-I-M-E. Mm-hmm. I, I need time with yeah. you. And frankly, I find almost universally when couples come in and, and they're struggling, they're bickering, they're not communicating well. Mm. And so I assign them to go home a night a week and spend some significant time talking and listening to each other. <laughs> my wife, even on occasion, I'll be looking at my phone and she's saying something to me and I'm listening, <laughs> but not, not the way I should be listening. My wife will say, sweetheart, could you listen to me with your eyes? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and point well taken. I need to engage with her by looking at her, listening well, and not trying to formulate in my own mind what I want to say before she's finished. I need to let her finish. Women tend to be more verbal than men. We don't like to necessarily listen well or talk as much as we need to, but communication is such a key. And if we don't communicate well, the marriage is going to break down. So loving well is communicating well and listening well. That is great. That's great counsel from our counseling pastor. And I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to share something. I'm going to take the, I'm going to, I'm going to take a page from your book here, Pastor Kurt, and I'm going to give a little counsel as we bring this to a conclusion, but I'm going to ask you to pray over the, over the marriages that are uh, represented, not just in this church, but those who will be listening to this podcast, if you'd be ready to do something like that in just a moment. Um, I think you've heard me say this before. I, I've given this counsel for many years. I didn't come up with it on my own. I heard this counsel about 30 years ago. I was so struck by it. I can really say that it changed me. I wish it would have changed me as profoundly in the moment. It really took a few years for this to catch on. But it's very practical advice, and I'm speaking directly to the men in lieu of the importance of them loving their wives with the time that you just referred to. And here's my advice. I don't care if you're working mobily from home or a coffee shop or if you're actually at another place. Uh, you need to, when your day has come to a conclusion and you know that you are 10 to 15 minutes from being back with your wife again, uh, this is the counsel that I'd like to give all of you listening out there. You get, let's say you have 15 minutes between the end of your day or the beginning of your trip home and getting home, 15 minutes. You get the first seven and a half minutes to yourself, to love yourself, if you please, so to speak. I can't believe I just said that. But uh, but I mean, to, to think back through your day, to think back through the struggles of the day, to think back through all of the, uh, of the, uh, what you're going to be wrestling with uh, tomorrow back at work, uh, that, that employer, that employee that you're struggling with, the boss or whoever it may be, the project that you're in, just, you get to, you get seven and a half minutes to think about that. But every one of you on your way home, pick out a landmark. It might be a billboard. It might be a stop sign. It could be a, a you know, something, a house or something that stands out. But that place is the marker every day on your way home where you no longer are allowed to think about your day anymore. You're not thinking about yourself anymore. You start thinking about your wife. What was she doing? Where was she going? 
Who was she hanging out with? Who did she have lunch with? What task that did she have to tackle at home or with someone else? And by, and that's, I've done this for several years. I haven't done it perfectly, but it has revolutionized my communication with my wife so that by the time I get home, and so by the time you get home, you're actually orienting your mind toward your wife and her day. And the first thing out of your mouth is not going to be, honey, guess what happened in my day? But rather, honey, how was yours? I like the way I've heard it expressed by another. You're leaving your number two job to go home, home to your number one job. Yeah, amen. Exactly so. Well, this was a brief podcast, but I'm so glad that you joined me on this podcast, My Pastor privilege. Kurt. And I'd like you to just close our time in prayer, if you would, please. Will do. Thank you. Father, we so appreciate our relationship with you in a family kind of context, we think about the illustration of the Lord Jesus loving us in an agape kind of way. And we as men are supposed to love our wives in that same way. And the wives then are to submit even as the church is to Christ. Help us to keep the gospel central in our own homes and our own minds. I, I beg that you'll help us to line up under scripture the society in which we live is so biased against New Testament Christianity and order, authority, submission, principles. I pray you help us to firmly grasp, understand, and apply what the Bible says in Ephesians 5 about a husband-wife relationship. Protect us. Help us to die to ourselves, to be unselfish, to obey the scriptures, and in so doing, to obey you because we want to put the gospel on display by how we live at home and point others to the wonderful illustration that marriage is of what Christ has done for us and how the church responds to Christ. We love you. We thank you. Be glorified in our homes, we beg for Jesus' sake. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, uh, Pastor Kurt. Uh, and in the words of, uh, of uh, the former director of Back to the Bible broadcast, who used to conclude his, uh, his, uh, his radio ministry with, have a good and godly day for what lasting value is a good day if it's not a godly day. So go and have a godly day. God bless you all.